thanks for coming back. I really appreciate your time and curiosity, of course. I'm still waiting for the first comments, so feel free to tell me what do you think about my podcast. All right, to the point. In today's episode, I would like you to have a closer look at the newest trends in technology. We will speak about AI, and for that reason, I have invited Byte Lake, as they are the true experts in this field. Small and agile team creating innovation together with Microsoft and Lenovo on a global scale with globally recognized results. I'm really looking forward to learn something new from them. Experience, comment, share and apply. You're listening to the Venture Poland podcast. My name is Daniel Czachorowski and my goal is to promote Poland as a great partner for any business venture, especially when it comes to technology. I interview Polish entrepreneurs, startups, managers and engineers to share some of their best insights and expertise so we can all learn from them. Thanks, gentlemen, for coming to my podcast. First thing, obviously, it's two of you, not uh, just uh, Marcin. So I'm I'm really grateful that it's both of you. So we have today Marcin Rojek and Mariusz Kolanko from Byte Lake. And on your website or maybe uh, in the social media somewhere, we read that you specialize in different aspects of machine learning or AI uh, or maybe federated learning and other highly sophisticated IT-related themes and topics. I would like to ask you what's really behind these phrases. I would like you guys to introduce ByteLake to the audience and tell us a bit more about all the sophistication behind these themes. Absolutely. Thank you, Daniel, for inviting us to your podcast. We appreciate it and we are very happy to uh, be part uh, and build the story together with you. And uh, yeah, so regarding ByteLake, so as ByteLake, we build intelligent devices and uh, cognitive services that help our clients, you know, analyze data like videos, pictures, texts, and simply answer the questions uh, about what shapes, what patterns, what trends they have in the data, or in other cases, just to, you know, process the natural language. For instance, we built uh, software powered by neural networks, which we custom make for every customer. And these neural networks can analyze pictures uh, taken by, for instance, drones to monitor the development of forests. We also have cases where our teams use machine learning to extract data or extract information from scanned documents or emails to eventually automate various business processes. One example here is our product Brainello which dramatically improves the performance of the finance teams. And uh, we also are very active on the edge of innovation for supercomputing platforms or HPC, if you like. And for instance, here, our implementation of the core algorithms used for fluid and weather simulations is still the fastest in the world. We checked the uh, latest scientific journals uh, just yesterday, and uh, we have not been beaten there, <laughs> right? So we are very proud of that. and. Actually, we are bring, bringing those uh, simulations to the FPGA world right now. Uh, we'll be launching a product around that uh, later this year. Uh, and previous uh, uh, implementations were naturally for CPU plus GPU architectures and landed, for instance, on PSDN supercomputer, which was at that time top three, right? And the buzzwords you mentioned, uh, like machine learning, deep learning, federated learning are, you know, very popular bars towards, especially recently. And uh, 
they represent substantial amount of knowledge, research work and projects that uh, stand behind them. And you will find all of this very well explained in our case studies on our website. But in short, machine learning and deep learning are techniques we use extensively when helping our clients process data to clearly quickly answer questions like why something happened, what will likely happen, uh, or where in the video uh, or a picture I can find shapes uh, or barcodes or packages. Uh, you know, this is very crucial for uh, quality check systems or for uh, overall monitoring surveillance systems. And uh, HPC stands for, as mentioned, high performance computing. And this is all about running complex simulations on powerful machines that consists of tens of thousands of cores and uh, consists of uh, Intel CPUs, NVIDIA GPUs, uh, FPGAs from Intel or Xilinx. And uh, imagine solutions that would uh, normally run a couple of months uh, in the, on those powerful machines they can run in hours or uh, in, in weeks, right? And federated learning, this one deserves a bit more explanation here. By the way, we'll be showing it live at uh, the upcoming uh, Mobile World Congress together with Lenovo. So uh, you're, of course, invited to come and see us at the booth. But uh, in general, uh, we observe that AI on edge or AI algorithms running directly on devices, if you like, are booming these days. Deployments uh, like that allow us to process the data on the spot in real time and without any need of sending them around uh, back and forth, right? So think of instance, uh, for instance, of uh, scenarios uh, applicable for Industry 4.0 where the connectivity is very limited if available at all. So in the world of decentralized AI, we produce many local models on all those distributed devices. And with federated learning, we can leverage on all of this and aggregate them and produce the model based on all of those local models to speed up the training process that's in the first place, but increase the accuracy uh, of the model. So that's uh, maybe a long story, but... Uh, uh, about ByteLake and uh, where we stand in uh, the AI world, right? Okay, so so if someone would name one specific technological feature, would that be AI or there is something else which describes you better? Yeah, so we as ByteLake, we combine academia and business people and uh, uh, we specialize in AI, which is quite broad for broad. Uh, a term, uh, yeah, consider ByteLake as machine and deep learning experts. Okay, so thanks for this very broad introduction. I was sort of expecting that it's going to be uh, more complex than the question. So hopefully it clarified it a bit. But yeah, we, we may need to dig into some, some of the details a bit later. So the audience is, is more aware of at least, I don't know, one of the topics. But my main question right now for the introduction, let's say, would be, is there any space for you in the AI world, which is dominated by all the big companies, all the big organizations like Google or Microsoft? That's, that's super intriguing. So, of course, uh, we are not big enough to serve all the clients. Yeah? We work very closely with uh, big players like uh, Microsoft and Lenovo. 
just to name a few, and uh, we build products together and bring them to the market. So federated learning or brain law uh, are the best examples here. Okay, so could you please tell me in that case, how big is Byte Lake? Because on the website, I couldn't really figure out whether it's just two of you or maybe a whole team behind the business. Yeah, we are a team of eight people, uh, eight people really close to the AI and the HPC world. Okay, congratulations then. Congratulations, that's great. Yeah, thank you. All right. So in that case, just to finish off the introduction, I would like to um, understand what is your vision actually for uh, for Byte Lake? Do you have any special uh, secret plans for this year or uh, what would you like to achieve in five years? And then we will move on to some, some more technical questions. Yeah, of course. So uh, we, we are building a company uh, that is destined to be known for delivering the impossible. Not uh, a provider of outsourced teams, but a team delivering AI and HPC solutions. Uh, we are right now bringing a few solutions to the market. Uh, one, of course, is Brainello. Uh, this is uh, an engine uh, that uses machine learning to extract data from the documents. Uh, and another one is Federated Learning, which is uh, a game changer for intelligent devices and IoT. Uh, and the third one, to be launched globally in the second half of this year, is our set of ultra-optimized algorithms designed for fluid and weather simulation. So, in a five-year stamp, we uh, would like to see those products succeed in the markets globally. Okay, brilliant. I think I would like to listen a bit more about the last thing what you just said. I mean, I'm super intrigued and I'll tell you why, because I currently have been to Thailand and there was a tropical storm around there and I was actually in the middle of that storm. Is your uh, solution helping in this kind of situations if maybe the weather is going really bad somewhere? Is, is this the purpose of your uh, algorithms for uh, weather analysis or is it something else that I mis misunderstood? Yeah, so, so our, our engine is uh, used in many different scenarios. Uh, what we provide, uh, so before you start uh, real weather simulations, uh, you need to build a lot of underlying uh, algorithms uh, which are very much focus on mathematical simulations. Uh, uh, these are a number of uh, matrix operations uh, uh, which need to be computed along the way. And uh, what what we do, we optimize the whole algebra that is like a foundation for the simulations. And of course, our uh, algorithms are uh, then the basis for running uh, microclimate simulations. And uh, we are also discussing uh, projects that are supposed to deliver local weather forecasts so the, these are this is the context mm, okay. mainly and uh, i believe yeah this this is very much applicable as uh, uh, you know under every uh, weather simulation there are uh, tons of algorithms that uh, need to first uh, process the data and then run sophisticated calculations uh, in the background so very much uh, very much uh, the case not yet in thailand but uh, that's a good lead for us right to uh, to fish there in that market. Okay, understood. So do you take the measurements from some external devices or is it maybe historical data? How does it work then? Yeah, so so it works in a, in a way that we work with real-time data, basically, and our uh, our algorithms, they work with uh, mainly with our clients' data. So for instance, uh, in the case of Institute of uh, Metrology, they have a lot of uh, data uh, which then they process using our algorithm. So think of our algorithms as a uh, as a framework. Okay, understood. So it's not necessarily this specific type of data. It's not specifically attached to certain use cases. Uh, it's a, it's an engine that uh, 
guys like uh, Institute of Metrology or uh, some institutes uh, in Thailand can uh, use as a foundation and get highly optimized engine to run their simulations much faster. Okay, okay, that's great. All right, so we speak about, as you just mentioned, the buzzwords, okay? So AI, HPC, deep learning and everything, but mm -hmm. give us some examples of AI-driven solutions used by ordinary companies. Yeah. Probably one of the best examples would be Brainello. Absolutely. So for instance, uh, talking about Brainello, we deployed it in companies that specialize in EU fundings and uh, accounting. So they use uh, AI or actually uh, machine learning without even knowing it, right? So our engine has been integrated into their ERP or workflow systems and simply performs documents processing in a background. Completely seamless task for operators and they just see the results. So think of a scenario uh, in that particular case, they were processing uh, invoices uh, manually. So they were getting scans from different sources like emails uh, or folders uh, in some shared drives. They had to read them thoroughly and uh, extract the data manually and then insert them into ERP systems. So what we did with Brainello, we just uh, integrated our engine as part of their workflow systems. So the next time, whenever they get new invoices through various channels, uh, Brainello is the first one that takes them, extracts uh, the data and asks operators just for approval or maybe minor corrections if, uh, if they are needed. And uh, the first feedbacks we got from uh, clients is that uh, their finance team are able to uh, work at least seven times faster. So that's just, you know, very tangible exercise and uh, result which uh, makes the teams more efficient. And this combines into a story that we call AI. So we don't necessarily translate it as uh, artificial intelligence. We call it augmented intelligence. So that uh, when you combine humans with uh, uh, all those augmented intelligence, solu intelligence solutions, you actually uh, become more efficient, right? You can do many, many additional tasks, avoid human errors uh, along the way. Another example, another example is a tool uh, for a company that monitors uh, trees planting. And uh, that's a very interesting case we're running uh, as we speak. It works in a way that uh, they upload images, 4K resolution taken by drones. And uh, our system can help them assess the amount of uh, new trees and assess the tree survival rate. Which is uh, which is crucial for uh, running their business uh, and especially to monitor how the trees planting projects uh, progress. That's very interesting. So, in both cases, then uh, was it driven by the customer who came to you and said, "Look, this is the problem we've got, and we would like you to help us solve it," or was it something you came up with and just made it happen with your team? Yeah, so we have uh, we have examples of uh, both. Uh, so we first in, in the first place, we uh, try to be proactive as uh, much as possible. So for instance, with the weather simulations uh, optimized for FPGAs or GPUs, uh, we approach certain customers and uh, simply show them results uh, we were able to do in the past, right, uh, on similar architectures. and. Uh, this uh, led, uh, one thing led to another and we ended up having a case, right? 
Uh, for those uh, cases with uh, process optimization, it started with a number of uh, uh, uniquely designed workshops with customers. So we started, we helped them, you know, explore the possibilities of uh, AI to understand uh, what they don't know, how AI can support them. And uh, and lastly, we have some cases like the one with drones that uh, the clients uh, approached us and said, hey, we have pictures like that. Can you do the trees counting or uh, whatever with your expertise here, right? It seems to me like companies in general, they may not even understand what AI is capable of. Hence, they don't even look for solutions like, like uh, you provide. My feeling is that many could benefit but they just don't know that uh, maybe they need it or maybe they don't know how to start. So do you have any comments on that? How we could potentially educate companies on yeah. using AI? This is this is very true what you're saying. And in our experience, we discovered that uh, many companies uh, simply don't know what they don't know, <clears throat> right? Thus, we run innovative workshops, which we, based on our experience, wrapped uh, around uh, our unique formula to help them start and successfully go through the AI journey. So it usually starts uh, uh, with a question, what is the best uh, AI project for uh, a given company? Where they should start? What technologies they should use? What's possible, what's not? Uh, we have really skilled researchers in our team as well. So they come with real life examples. They bring uh, research papers they've been working on. And then uh, we take it from there, right? It's just about, uh, you know, helping uh, uh, clients translate the tech words into uh, scenarios and uh, use cases that uh, work for them and are especially designed for their particular environment. So that's okay. Okay. Uh, what we've been doing, right? And we already have some successes in that. So also in the Polish market. So that's... Uh, at least some people in the world resonate with our our way of running those workshops. Oh, that, that's brilliant. I'm really happy for that. My question actually is about how a company which has maybe nothing to do with technology and they manufacture something maybe and maybe there is one guy who understands that there is AI out there. What's the way for him to identify where to apply AI or where to apply technology like, you know, machine learning or deep learning mm -hmm. uh, in his specific job, how he identifies this? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he, he, this person needs to have a little bit of luck, right? And meet bite along the way, <laughs> right? somewhere in the process. But, but um, yeah, I will just explain it uh, based on uh, uh, some real life uh, cases. So uh, those, those people uh, are usually educated well enough to at least pinpoint that uh, AI is capable or have some gut feeling that AI can do certain things for them. And then when we start collaborating with such uh, companies is uh, that uh, we start with uh, uh, innovation workshop, uh, going through their processes, trying to understand how they work. And at each and every point we simulate or we show them some of our case studies or attach them to some uh, research paperwork, explaining them, this is what you can do uh, in this place of, uh, of your process, right? So for instance, if, uh, if a company processes a lot of emails, they just need to you know, answer certain questions, uh, adjust to strict timelines, 
then uh, we can point them to uh, some solutions in the natural language processing uh, or show them some research uh, papers uh, that we did with some other customers and explain them. And this is the reality you're facing right now, but uh, have a look at this simulation. This is how your work might look like uh, in the future, right? And we translate it uh, into ROI, we translate it into uh, tangible savings, uh, either in time or uh, man hours, or right? So it's always a creative discussion from both ends. Okay. Okay, understood. Um, let's tackle the topic from a bit different angle then. Uh, we hear from tech world authorities from time to time that there are some hypothetical bad consequences of developing AI to a certain level. And I would like to understand what is your view on that? Are we, are we far away from problems where the AI is actually capable of doing something on its own? And maybe we could take this question also down to earth a bit and move it towards risk management and how do you manage risk when implementing AI? So a bit of two questions. Okay, so honestly saying, so we need to think about risk uh, from the positive and the negative aspects, yes. From Bite Lake perspective, we are focusing on the positive aspect of the, of the risks and uh, AI has been very well summarized by a recent report from McKinsey. And they said that AI will contribute of around 13 billion US dollars to GDP. So imagine that that will translate into new jobs and better performance in many uh, that we know today. So let's focus, uh, let's focus on that. So and let's really say, so we as a human are more and more uh, smart and we don't like to, to do the boring stuff. Yeah, I, I perfectly agree with you. If we can automate, then we can have time for other things, not necessarily leisure. We are far from leisure, uh, honestly. So uh, think about AI as a, as a revolution. So every revolution in industry, we, we have a, a lot of risk, we have a lot of worries, but still, uh, after that it happened, we have a lot of new jobs there. So think about, for example, with computer uh, revolutionary. So everybody were afraid that the computer would take uh, the jobs. But uh, let's look uh, in the world today. We have a lot of new jobs, a lot of new smarter jobs. So think about it like that. Have you ever been surprised that the solution, whether it was your idea or a client's problem to solve, have you ever been surprised if it worked better than expected? Is it actually possible to, to see this kind of results? Yeah, of course. So let's take our recent uh, work with this uh, tree recognition. So we delivered 92 to 95% uh, accuracy. So drones moving fast and taking the picture. We are talking about the uh, 4K pictures and the drone are flying really high. So imagine the trees are really, really small and uh, we are able to to do in such accuracy so it was really surprising for us okay that's brilliant um if you would summarize all your products or maybe all your solutions which implementation you're the most proud of and tell us a bit more about it i would say like a uh, uh, number of them of course uh, product wise or uh, the ones that we are demoing uh, right now that would be brainello the engine for uh, invoices processing and then the federated learning and uh, quickly to answer why Brainello as uh, we see really tangible results um, in the companies where we integrate it into and federated learning places Byte Lake at the 
edge of innovation. So this is completely new topic. There are hardly any research papers on that. Uh, a lot of uh, is happening on that uh, in the research space uh, right now, and we are already part of it. The other one would be our frameworks for supercomputers. And uh, uh, briefly, why we're proud of it. Uh, so the most recent implementation uh, of that is going to be launched on a technology which is around one month old. So, yeah, we, we work really with uh, innovative stuff here. And uh, usually when our products hit the market, uh, they are deployed on the most recent technologies available worldwide. That's great. So it seems like uh, it places you in the top of innovators when it comes to AI. I Absolutely. mean, you've mentioned already that you work with Lenovo. Are there any other companies you can uh, talk about? We'll be, we'll be launching the refreshed list soon, but uh, uh, right now we mainly worked with uh, Lenovo, which is our great and uh, large partner. We do a lot of demos together for key events. Uh, MWC is the, the upcoming one. What we, we were at the International Supercomputing Conference. So we were in San Francisco together at AI Summit. And then uh, the other company, which we are running a lot of joint marketing uh, and uh, also customer cases, uh, would be Microsoft. So, yeah, th this is the scale, right? And uh, more to launch soon. <laughs> but uh, these are the partners we work uh, with mainly and in most areas. In that case, I have a question. Whether it is the case that big companies, they work with smaller teams like yourselves, maybe around the world, and that's their way to find innovation or that's their way to push the innovation forward, not necessarily uh, using their own resources, but why would they do that? Yeah, so it's uh, different uh, motivations. First of all, because we're great, right? As Bitelex, <laughs> that's absolutely number one. But uh, I would say, uh, so sometimes uh, companies uh, like that want to enter certain markets and they are either not there yet or they have different uh, agenda. And uh, uh, working with partners like Bitelex, uh, is for them very much about finding complementary offerings, uh, complementary services. So that's one thing. The other one thing is that, uh, you know, those large companies, they are constantly fishing for new inv innovations and uh, new solutions. And if they find something interesting uh, in the market somewhere, it doesn't matter whether you're small or big. They just want to work with you and uh, uh, share the great story, great story together, right? Uh, they give you obviously access to uh, lots of marketing opportunities. They give you access to their talents. You give them access to your talents. And even if you're really small, you can still attract big players, right? And our case is uh, very much uh, an, a good example of, of that. So yeah, working, working together, it's, uh, I believe it's a, it's a win-win uh, solution for, uh, for them, right? But uh, even if you consider uh, those companies, sometimes they come up with innovative ideas which are produced by small teams. So consider all the startups and small companies as uh, small teams uh, uh, that might become a part of those larger enterprises. And uh, it's just that uh, those small teams sometimes are external teams. Right. How did you start then? What, what was the triggering point where you started working with Microsoft or Lenovo? Because obviously you can't just call them and say, listen, we've got this 
thing and they will say yes yes work with us so i'm sure that there was a process there and can you tell us a bit more about it how did you start working with them we are pretty visible in the research space in ai and hpc so that became uh, interesting for some of our partners for others uh, they saw our products like uh, brainello and uh, uh, they became interested in that. They saw some synergies that we could bring those products together to the market. So I would say it's a it's a mix of things, uh, a bit of luck. Uh, you need to be visible with your activities in the market. But it all comes down to the point where uh, those companies suddenly saw synergies, either uh, by combining our expertise with uh, their teams or uh, by leveraging our products uh, and uh, offering something new to their customers. Okay, that's great. I see. So basically, you've been active as researchers, you've been active as a small team with uh, some ideas, some products, and suddenly something clicked because correct people uh, saw the synergy potential between the companies. Absolutely. That's how we define luck in Like It's uh, all about when, you know, opportunity meets preparedness. Yes, that's... yes, yes. Understand, that's right. Understand. And then for the outside world, it's just luck, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You, you have to have... It takes a lot of work to, to make this luck happen, right? Yeah, yeah. it's it's all about exposure and uh, attention from, from the other side. It is. Okay, brilliant. Um, okay, a couple last questions. Um, how are you going to encourage businesses to explore the use of AI? Yeah, so uh, I love that question and I always have a really straight answer to that. Uh, so just see the results that others achieved, right? For instance, a company that integrated Brainello has just increased the performance of their final team by seven times. So if you wanna try beat them, then go ahead, right? But otherwise we highly encourage you to talk to ByteLake and explore what other things you can do better, differently. We'll tell you how, what, when. Yeah, perfect. And, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean it's... that's the long story short, right? <laughs> it's a great example and I think, I mean, I may be wrong because I'm not really into that specific branch of tech industry, but I have that strange feeling that AI is not promoted as a solution yet, it's more promoted as the future. Do you see what I mean? It's it's more like, okay, we may use it in the future, but your results are tangible. There is There is actually something behind it and you you make things work X times better. So my question is why it's not advertised as a solution of today? Yeah, I think it's a little bit uh, like uh, with IoT back in the days, right? When IoT concept popped up, although it was very old concept, all of a sudden, all of the companies became IoT companies, right? The same thing we observe with AI. AI popped up as a, as a slogan, which basically uh, is more on the philosophy side than real knowledge. And then uh, all of the sudden, every company in the world is an AI company, right? But uh, as Andrew Nick said, AI is a new electricity, right? It will transform every industry in the world. That's a fact, right? And uh, Marius just mentioned the McKinsey report, which uh, just uh, emphasized it uh, on a larger scale and in terms of money. But uh, you know, people talk, we do AI, we implement AI, we incorporated AI, but what does it really mean, right? It, no one knows. And that, that's why we try to promote and many other companies. It's not just ByteLake, but you, you see the effort that uh, AI disappears from the marketing publications and people start talking about real life, tangible results. We hear stories like uh, 
updated systems with AI, right? We're able to detect uh, pneumonia on a large scale and uh, with huge accuracy. We hear stories that uh, some software robots uh, optimized uh, logistic, right? And help uh, with better planning. For business owners, for people that run their ventures, it all comes down to the question, will I become more efficient? Will it improve my ROI? Will it, uh, on the long run, will it help me make better decisions, right? So that's uh, uh, that's the thing, right? So AI is destined to become a kind of, uh, you know, black box. But uh, the real question is, uh, which black box will we trust, right? And uh, the answer is that we just need to compare the results uh, and see whether these black boxes are leading us towards greater achievements or not, right? And it's it's evolution, right? Okay, but uh, innovation and optimization comes with, I guess, a significant cost, not only for big companies, but mainly for small companies, the cost of implementing AI. Is it something that they can justify? Cost size is one thing, but think of the opportunities you're losing, right? How much does it cost you of not having AI? And that is a completely different story and very interesting discussion. Okay, one last question to finish off. I use uh, Amazon Alexa at home from time to time and she's not that smart yet. Okay, let's let's put it this way. And uh, I would like to understand your opinion about uh, voice and uh, voice steered devices and the future of AI in that respect. Okay, so maybe I will start uh, about the future. So. AI can uh, offload us in, in many areas. Unlike AI, people uh, do not just rely on data. We use emotion, feeling, and uh, we can process a lot of data and a lot of this under an incomparable smaller energy budget. So uh, we are really far behind the nature still, and uh, probably there is a lot of work in front of us to compare our AI with our nature AI that we have in our brains. Regarding the voice thing, I need to ask Martin about that uh, because he loved all those gadgets uh, that we have currently on the market. So probably he's the right person. But yeah, so the, the simple answer is that you know we're we're not there yet, right? You know, many people don't understand the difference between 95 or 99 percent accuracy, but uh, the real difference is that if we had 99 percent accuracy, we would not need any other interface than voice. Right, that that would be just enough to to build any system uh, with voice. And uh, with those systems, we are not there yet, but uh, yeah, they are good enough for standard uh, procedures like Alexa, play my playlist. Right, Alexa, play dance on iHeartRadio. You know, I, I'm using it. <laughs> it works. But uh, I agree. If uh, I ask some you know more complex question like uh, dim the lights in my living room, then uh, sometimes uh, it doesn't do uh, all the things I, I need, right? Brilliant. Gentlemen, thank you very much for introduction of Byte Lake. That's one thing. But also thanks for talking about uh, augmented intelligence and the sophisticated terms, well, which stand behind the human and computer interfacing, I guess. That's, that's the main point, I think. If you would summarize it, interactions between uh, humans and, and machines, I think that's the key point here. This is what we are trying to develop. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's where most of the research work goes, right? Uh, 
look at uh, different industries. It's all about supporting humans uh, to help them process more data at the same time, remember more data at the same time, and uh, answer questions uh, quickly, right? It's all about supporting, not uh, replacing human, right? Marcin, Mariusz, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. I wish you all the best at the Congress. And uh, yes, we will uh, stay in touch and uh, I will uh, let you know when the uh, episode is published. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. I understand that we have barely scratched the surface here. The topic is much deeper and we could talk for hours about all the different sections under the AI theme. I think the main outcome of this episode is that businesses should explore ways to do things better, quicker and in a more efficient manner. We should all remember that AI is not the future, it's the reality and whoever is not exploring its capabilities is basically leaving money on the table. AI is the key to innovation at any level and for any industry. Stay tuned for more. See you next time.